Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. The Zigmeister. Uh, we, we are, got, we've got an interesting little topic we're going to do today. And I, I'm just going to say it now. If you, if you are scared of things that are not politically correct, you might want to turn off the radio. <laughs> it's not usual that I tell people to turn off the radio, but we're going to talk about political correctness. Mm. And we may not do it in a politically correct way. I don't know. <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Uh, you know, but it's like uh, when we start to look at uh, um, the Bible mm-hmm. and we hear Jesus' words, and specifically, I think, what, what, we, uh, what we read this weekend uh, from the Gospel of Luke, uh, it's, it's actually some really neat stuff. And it, and it kind of challenges the, the, the common culture. Mm. Especially when it comes to this idea of being politically correct, right? Uh, so we kind of want to just talk about that. Mm-hmm. But, but, but first, let's lead, let's lead with this gospel here. Let's read from Luke chapter 12, and it says this. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, when you read that, Mm. uh, if you didn't say that that came from Jesus... And you just started saying that people say like he is such a hater, right? You know th- th- this this doesn't seem to flow nicely with I think what we all talk about being good boys and girls and treating everyone with respect and and all those things. And I want to kind of dispel some rumors that like what what's going on here in terms is Jesus telling us that we should be haters, right? Right? But I but and obviously the answer to that is no. By the way, just before we start getting emails, <laughs> Jesus is not telling us to hate. Uh, absolutely not, and we should always be respectful of of others. But the reality is, he's also telling us not just to kind of lay back down, right, and just say nothing, mm-hmm. or choose terminology that's not going to offend or upset anyone. And he kind of like lays it on the line here, doesn't right. he? I mean, he wants to set the world on fire. Well, it's interesting because if we settle, we zoom in on the word peace, right? Uh, I did not come to establish peace, but division. Then you you counterbalance that against him saying in the Beatitudes, um, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, right? right? So how are these two things reconciled? Well, I think from my perspective, it's he's stepping into the space of what you think of peace in the world. It's that's not true peace. You're thinking of peace with a lowercase p. I speak of peace when I'm truly speaking of peace is with a capital. It's a, a divine, I mean, living in the divine will. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, having a sense of hope, having a sense of meaning and purpose, and that's what brings peace. That's that eternal peace, that, that divine will kind of peace. Yes. And that's what Jesus speaks of. And it's like, the, the thing is, he didn't come to establish that small P peace where, where literally where, can we all just get along? Well, St. Augustine, I think, uh, addresses the small P piece and the problem of it in a very interesting way, where he says, you know, 
this is a paraphrase. I'm not an expert in Latin <laughs> yeah. or Augustine, but uh, he said that it's no one uh, desires war. We all desire peace, but we desire we go to war because we desire peace on our own terms. Yeah, that's true, and it's interesting that to uh, sometimes you have to fight for peace. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a contradictory uh, message. But you know, in this world that we live in right now, I mean, everything. I mean, we've heard the term "snowflake," right? Which is which literally is referring to people that are just like offended at everything. Yes. Right, and I understand that offense is bad. I mean, it just—it's not good to offend. If the purpose is to offend, certainly. But but even so, we we, we need to watch what we say and how we say it. But I, I self-identify as a snowflake, so you, I am triggered by this already. I just want you to know: uh, don't melt, don't melt on the table. All right, just don't 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 get your melty self all over the place, and we're going to mop it up. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing, though. Uh, at the same time, I think that we've we've. You know what is what's wrong with political correctness? We need to answer that question. I mean, can is is it wrong to be politically correct? Now that term, I guess we should define that first. What do you think political correctness means? So the political correctness means I need to know ahead of time what other people want me to uh, how how people want me to describe them and think of them. I think partly, right? Because a lot of times you can stumble into political incorrectness without having any sort of negative intention, right? Yeah. Um, you're not a tr- you're, you're, you might even be trying to be sensitive and loving the best of your ability, but you might still sort of really step into it. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I, 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 when you, by your definition, though, I think that it's impossible to be politically correct because you can't possibly know like all the right pronouns or all the right identifiers or all the right offensive or triggering words. And it's, it's getting more and more complex to the point where ordinary people kind of, well, I don't know. I think I'm just going to sit at home and watch, you know, I'm going to binge watch TV because I don't know, I can't go out into public anymore because it seems like every time I go out, I offend somebody. And then you have some people go out specifically with the intent to offend, right. which is also wrong. But I think that one of the problems at the very heart of being politically correct because my definition of politically correct might be a little different than yours. It's, it's, it's roughly the same, but the whole idea of the body politic, it doesn't just mean politics in terms of um, you know, elected office and governance. right? Mm-hmm. We, we, if something we talk about a political discussion, it's going to have to do with somebody running for, for something, whether or not they're getting our vote and, and what party they're with. But the reality is politics is essentially living in the world and interacting in the world. So any kind of political discussion is one that has to do with people living in the world, right, together. And so political correctness, then, to take it a little further, is always with the intent of never offending anybody that you interact with. Right. And once upon a time, when it first began, there was a shorter list of what it really, a shorter checklist for what it would require to be uh, politically correct, right? There were certain groups that uh, needed some spe- we needed to have a, a revision in the way in which we speak about this group or this group or this group, and um, you know, in like the early '90s, for instance, you 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 had a shift from um, you know what, what we now call the African American population. Once upon a time, it was perfectly normal to call them the uh, black population, right? And so we know that that and see this is what this is where I want to talk about is because there there is a balance, right? Right, and and some things change. Yeah, things used to be a certain way. Well, they're not that way anymore. Right, and 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 so political correctness can lead us into all kinds of trouble if we try to look back at the past and go like, well, that wasn't politically correct. Well, back then it may have been, 
Right. But it's certainly not today. And so there there is a happy balance between staying true to uh, seeing someone everyone else's human dignity and their their right to live their right to exist and how much they're made in the image and likeness of god and treating everyone that way but at the same time not trying to offend uh anyone but then not trying to go bend over backward and to the point where you you it's like like i don't know if i'm offending anybody anymore at all You, you get confused easily so i think the main shift that we've seen since the early 90s into today is a philosophical shift where there's really an emphasis on sort of a form of existentialism has kind of become a predominant way mode of thinking these days where I'm the beginning and end of reality. I get to define reality the way I see it, you know, kind of an extreme version of I think therefore I am. It's, it's now come to a place of uh, uh, I, I think therefore I am. And by extension, I get to define all of reality, that which is outside of me and that which is me. Right. But, but the problem with that, obviously, and I, and I agree with you, but the problem with that is how can all of these realities exist together? Right. It's impossible. Right. Unless all of them that agree in their reality, well, my, as long as my reality doesn't offend your reality. Yes. And as long as your, offend, your, your, your reality doesn't offend mine, so we're going to have a mutual non-offending reality community. Right. And it's like, <laughs> okay, this is crazy because it's impossible. And I think it, it is actually sort of directly um, contradicting what Jesus said, or more realistically, Jesus is directly contradicting that concept. Yes. Because one, in my opinion, one of the problems with if, if, if political correctness is the guide, and it's like it is the law, and it's the only way to live, right? The problem is you'll never, well, possibly, you'll never discover the truth. Mm-hmm. You'll, never, you'll never know the truth. I mean, it's the, it's the age-old question, like, you know, when I'm talking, prepping married, uh, couples for marriage, you know, and, um, you know, if the wife says, does this make me look fat? Right. You know, pol- <laughs> politically correct. There's no, there's no way to answer that. The only way to answer that is, oh, honey, you're beautiful no matter what, which is true. Right. Right. Uh, and, and, but, but at the same time, maybe something is not flattering on the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and how, how is that going to be shared in a way? And I use the example with you, you know, if we were always politically correct and I had bad breath, I'd never know it. Other than like, why don't people want to spend time with me? Right, which is, you know, why you'd say and said, Deacon Jeff, you've got alternative breath. Alternative <laughs> breath. I, I have alternative breath. That's a be- what a beautiful gift. It's a plus. Um, and, and, and I think that sometimes if we're, if, if, if our goal is to be politically correct, then our goal is not to seek the truth, whatever it may cost. Well, then the question becomes, so if, we, if we've now got an authentic difference here between charity, which is rooted in truth, yes, right, yes. versus political correctness, which is sort of a, a postmodern uh, version of charity or claims to be, right? right. Um, if we're putting those in conversation with one another, let's actually imagine for a second, if I'm sitting across the, the table from somebody who might have uh, some completely different worldview, an existentialist worldview, that I, as a matter of faith, uh, I'm just not going to be able to uh, see them or see the world in the way that they do, right, and adopt that. Um, How then do we initiate a, a conversation where they know that they are loved? What can I do to make that possible 
in that moment, despite this difference of worldview that, that seems to... You read from Luke chapter 12, and you say, I have come to set the earth on fire. I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring division. That's what you do. That's your opener. <laughs> It'll be a short conversation. <laughs> no, that's a great question, and I hope we're going to answer it. But we're not going to answer it in this segment. We're going to answer it when we come back after a, after a break. Before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we got a great website, uh, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. That's right. We need to have a theme song. It makes a difference or whatever. Catholic Cafe. It, it makes, makes a difference. difference. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Uh, send me an email if uh, you'd like to send me some uh, topics, suggestions. Tell me what's going on in your life. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Monica is a North African saint who has inspired millions of Catholics to pray and hope for their family members who have fallen away from or who have never even approached the Church of Christ. She was married at an early age to a man of her parents' choosing. Her spouse was a pagan man with a secure income and an exalted position within the community. Unfortunately, he lacked integrity and basic virtue. He was unfaithful to their marital vows and abusive. A biographer of St. Monica's wrote, She knew, she saw, but she kept quiet and suffered in silence. She prayed and probably wept, but realized that the religion of the pagans condoned great moral degradation. Like so many women of her time, she had nowhere in the world to turn. So instead, she turned heavenward to the help of the Almighty. And help he did. St. Monica was so well known for her deep inner peace and holiness that she began to counsel other women who had unfaithful and wayward husbands. Because of her great witness to the love of Christ in her own life, her husband eventually renounced sin and became a Christian. He died soon after his conversion and left St. Monica with her children. One of her children was the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who had completely renounced the Christian faith of his upbringing and was living a dissolute life. The saintly woman prayed, encouraged, and pleaded with her son, like any good mother is apt to do. She followed him from their home in North Africa to Rome, and finally to Milan. St. Monica prayed to God on her son's behalf for many, many years. She never lost hope, and she never stopped praying. After many turbulent years in the lives of both St. Monica and St. Augustine, her prayers were answered. St. Augustine is now one of the greatest and most revered fathers and doctors of the Church. Many of our stories are not as dramatic as St. Monica's or St. Augustine's, but we can all learn from her persistence and filial love. Family and friends have left or avoided the loving arms of the church for many and various reasons, but they all come back for the same reason, the experience of Christ's powerful love. St. Monica is a great witness to this love of Jesus Christ. Her persistence and gentle patience are a roadmap for our own lives and conversions. St. Monica's feast day is August 27th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And I am Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes. And we are uh, we are talking political correctness and division. We're trying not to offend each other. Well, exactly right. Uh, and I've got some things off air that I need to talk to you about. <laughs> I think there's some issues. And you probably want to talk about my breath. <laughs> so, so we can we have lots of things to cover. You know, it was, we're talking about the political correctness, and maybe, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say political correctness uh, is, is evil right. and horrible, because at the heart of it, I think you kind of pointed out, uh, at the heart of political correctness is actually a desire mm-hmm. to live in peace and harmony and goodness, right? You, you, and you to sh- live out a form of charity. Right. You don't want to necessarily walk in the room and say, how can I offend you? Right. Right. Which is essentially a, a, how can I judge you? How can I, you know, you, you don't want to do that. And so, the, but the problem is once we start curtailing any kind of, uh, and I won't say judgment, but I'll say discernment, you know, and try mm-hmm. to figure out right from wrong. If, if we, when we, when we tear down those things, well, we get into trouble. And I think that's what Jesus was getting at um, when, when he's saying these things. Um, do you think that I've come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division, right? And, and, and I want to talk about that division for a second. Before we start talking about how to heal divisions and how to do things in a way that are going to, um, you know, bring somebody along a path versus make them, like, end the conversation. It's what's being divided, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Um, what does he mean by that when he, I've come to bring division? And, and I think, especially when I'm, I'm thinking in terms of, like, political correctness is, the thing that I, that suffers the most, I, most I think, when pro- political correctness is the goal, the thing that suffers potentially is truth. Right. Right. And essentially, I think what Jesus wants us to understand, what and and what our church has always taught, and what we should be professing to each other is truth. Mm-hmm. And truth sometimes is not something that's comfortable for everybody. Right. Right. And so, in 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 that way. If Jesus has come for division, basically what he's coming to say is like, look, there is sort of a, a, a right and a wrong here. There's something right and there's something wrong. There's something good. There's something evil. Right? There is God and there is not God. If people like always liked hearing the truth, the gospels would have the, the last act of the gospels would have gone a little differently, I would say. Probably. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jesus probably would not have been hanging on our cross. Right. We love this guy. We could eat popcorn and listen to him forever. Yeah. And the truth is it was uncomfortable because, you know, all this stuff like love your neighbor and turn the other cheek and things like this, these were not commonly accepted as good ways to do business or to live in community. And and the reality is uh he came specifically to sort of uh, fulfill the law, you know, mm-hmm. to essentially to physically lay it down, mm-hmm. his life, but to lay down the law. He, if he's the fulfillment of the law, his, his death on the cross is like laying down the law. Right. This is it. This is true. And what I, what I, what I tell you is true, and the truth will set you free. It's all about this. Um, and so the, the, the question then becomes, um, if we don't hear that truth, are we actually doing someone a disservice? Right, if you don't tell me I have bad breath, and that doesn't mean you need to stand up in the front of well, you announce it to three million people on the radio. Right, that's probably not the best time to do it, but we've just done that. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, but but like you 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 don't want to publicly admonish somebody, but maybe pulling someone aside and say, hey, 
this is what I think or this is where I see this. And I'm not saying this in a way because I'm judging you and I think you're less than me. Right. But here's a reality. And Jesus really is saying there is truth. I mean, one of the questions I get, I work at a high school for part of what I do. And uh, one of the most oft asked questions for me is, is this a mortal sin? Right. You know, they want to know. They want to know, is this, like, can you tell me the official, is it or is it not? Right. They desire, at that age, black and white, and, and they don't really, they don't want any more of the warm and fuzzy gray. It's like, well, I don't know, uh, Johnny. What do you think? Right. Right? And so, as we start to think about, like, what's happening in politics right now, where nobody can be wrong, well, actually, the most intolerant people are the ones that are yelling for tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. They won't tolerate what they think is what they call intolerance they won't tolerate and it becomes this sort of like play on words and these these word games and uh you know and it's like and that's why the other reason why i think everyone has to point fingers and start calling everybody a nazi no matter who they are right if you disagree with me then you are a hater you're a racist you're a misogynist you're a nazi all these terrible extreme terms because we don't know how to have a conversation because we don't want to offend anybody right i mean so and so political correctness can actually get us into trouble now, we want to balance that, right, with to, to understand that there is something beautiful about charity and about uh, dignity and respect. And so, let's go back to your, so someone's sitting across the table from you. Right. And, and at that moment, you, there's a couple of ways you can go, right? Let's say that, they're, that maybe they're pro-choice, right? And, and you are pro-life. And you, it's like, so you could say... Um, well, I believe it's murder, and I think that anybody that kills a baby in the womb is a murderer, and that may be true. It may be what you believe. How are you going to have that conversation in a way, or how are you going to balance the truth with some kind of charity in a way that's not overtly politically correct? Where right now, you know, if you were if if political correctness became your modus operandi and everything mm-hmm. had to be that way, you wouldn't even address that issue with that person because you don't want to offend them. So I've had hard questions from people related to the church teachings uh, that run directly in line with uh, a foul of how they live their life and, yeah. and see reality. And what I the guiding line from the from scripture for me is we love because God loved us first, mm. yeah. right? And so what I oftentimes try to do is I'll say, listen, you know what the church teaches about this in terms of just black and white letter. If anything of that teaching interferes with your ability to receive the truth that God loves you and he's loved you into existence and he wants to know you and he wants an encounter with you Mm. and a relationship with you, then let's set that aside for a second because that can become an obstacle to the fact that God really wants to spend time with you and get to know you. And if you, if you, if you really surrender to to God and give him a chance to enter into your life and you surrender everything including your worldviews and you give him permission to transform you little by little that's ultimately how we come united to God yeah this is all wonderful it's, it's never going to work people are listening to this right now going that Sam guy is crazy <laughs> you know um, cause not, not, I, I agree with you on everything you just said but I think that's a certain stage of the relationship sure I think the very first thing you have to do is establish trust with a person. That too. Right? Because you can't even have that conversation. 
because everything you said there was offensive to them. When they're like going like, if you would just let Jesus in your heart, basically is what you said, right? You know, and it's like if you just turn yourself over, then you will be like me, and you will you will agree with me or agree with God, and we'll live in harmony. It's like right. the problem is immediately they're going like, well, who says you're right? Who says your interpretation? And so, so what I always want to do, the very first thing I want to do in, in these kind of disagreements is first is to is to establish a trust and say, look, I I, I refuse to judge. I refuse to judge you, uh, and and I refuse to. I, I'm I'm not going to be the arbiter. I'm not going to be the one that's the authority of Scripture. What I can tell you is what I believe, mm-hmm. and and I'll take ownership for what I believe, and and then I will respect you and the differences you may have with me on this issue. Because once people are listening and they realize that you're not trying to, quote unquote, convert them, sure, there's a level of trust. Right. Now, I think even before establishing that trust, even before that you do that, there's a couple things you have to do. One is pray. Yeah. And you've gotta, you know that's going to be a difficult, difficult conversation, and you ask the Holy Spirit to be present. Mm-hmm. Lord, you take the reins, right? And then the second thing is you've always got to do everything you do in love. Yes. Never like, you know, this is one of those hard truths and I'm, you know, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. Like a parent telling a kid before they're spanking him. It's like the kid saying, no, it's not. <laughs> right. It's going to hurt me. Um, but if you do it in love, if, if you have that conversation in love, that will establish a bond of trust. And it may take time to get there. Yeah, but, be patient with it. It can't be a one-off thing. That's it has to the be other a relationship thing, right? that you grow in over time. Because so patience is a, is a virtue for a reason, and and you know, your patience and your your and you have to wait. Right. Don't just think you're going to climb that mountain together right now. Isn't it great? You know, I just met with this person. They want to become Catholic, and they agree with everything that we. It's like that is not the way the world works. Right. Right. So political correctness will not allow you to have a truthful, honest conversation, but at the same time. Uh, thinking you're going to get up this mountain in a, in a, in a minute it ain't right. going to work either. Right. Which means that with patience, you've also got to listen. Yes. Because no one likes to be cut off. Right. So I'm going to stop talking now. No, no. I <laughs> I agree with everything that you just said 100%. And I think that it's important because when I was initially talking, you know, I was actually drawing from an actual experience I had with a particular person who was in a particular place. And so it spoke into the, where they were. For, were. But you're right. You have to be in touch with that person who's actually in your midst. Amen. There's not a cookie cutter answer. No, there's not. But I tell you what, we we political correctness at the heart of it. There's some charity there. But the reality is, we do need to take a stand on on these important issues. But we've got to do it with love and respect. Mm. Right? Amen. There is a truth, and God wants you to know it. And Jesus, He, he loves us, and He sent His Mother to tell us how much we're loved as well. So let's ask for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.